1: you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your great-riding friends I the matter out of the city now!
0: The nightmare of insane murder from the depths of hell. Oh, from the of the
1: Only at the Grindhouse.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. I'm Leah Diana, today with my boyfriend and co-host, Sean Tadro. We will be winding back the reel to 1974. A depraved religious fanatic sets out to punish all the immoral women who have posed for the centerfold of a men's magazine in the Centerfold Girls. Let's get into it. <laughs>
0: Meet the centerfold girls They're the most beautiful girls in the world
2: from Seattle.
0: They're ready for anything Anywhere, anytime Well, will of the exercise Help you ladies keep those bodies in good shape
1: I don't need that kind of exercise to keep my shape.
0: And what kind do you need?
1: If I knew you better, I might tell you.
0: How far is it from beauty to ugliness? Now look, we both know you've got too much talent to keep on modeling. you be nice to me and I'll get you into something big. How far is it from beauty to terror? Displaying your body is filth. You dirty the mind of others. Do you know what they should do with little girls like you?
2: Well, that may be very good for Detective Magazine, Lieutenant, but I really...
0: You're a centerfold girl. He had his choice of the most beautiful girls in the world. Which would he love? Which would he kill? You scream and I'll sweat your throat. The Centerfold Girls, rated R.
2: I have one word, seven letters, endless possibilities. Bring it. Titties.
1: So many titties.
2: So many titties.
1: Like, literally less than a minute into this movie. And we, we saw dead girl titties. We have a heaping helping of titties. I mean,
2: this girl's bazongas were huge.
1: I have to say, most of the titties in this were were, were really just nice. I was going to
2: point out they're too perfect. They picked titties that were perfect. Like, no asymmetrical, no, like, really different. They were beautiful titties.
1: You gotta think that these are supposed to be centerfold girls. They're supposed to be, like, the picture perfect. The
2: creme de la creme. And they did not disappoint. No? No.
1: Some good-looking boobs.
2: (laughs) Some good-looking broads with
1: tits. Allow me to be crass.
2: (laughs) Hey. Yeah, it goes along with the theme of the uh, movie Crass, mean, and asshole, apparently
1: Oh my god Everybody's
2: a douchebag in this film
1: Nobody is
2: innocent, everybody's a dick We're just saying that right now
1: Holy shit So, right off the bat Spoilers this is a fucking exploitation movie if I have ever seen one.
2: This is a what, Sean? A sex a sex-ploitation. exploitation. This is probably our first official one of the year.
1: Of the year, yes, yes
2: because our first sex exploitation video was Sex and Fury, obviously. Oh, yeah. But this
1: this was As sexploitation, as exploitation as you can get.
2: For the first time, that Grindhouse website did not disappoint.
1: No, this was like... This was definitely... Chef's kiss.
2: Chef's kiss for the sexploitation. The rest of the film... Well, why don't we start talking about it? What was your feelings of this being an anthology rather than a one cohesive film?
1: So... Going in, we obviously didn't know anything about this. Nothing. Um, Uh,
2: All I knew was there was boobs.
1: Yeah. The fact that it ended up being an anthology film was kind of interesting. Yeah. You don't see too many, especially from this era, that lay out the way this one does. I apologize. I don't know if, if you guys listening can hear this, but our neighbor is currently doing construction of some kind on his house and he's just sawing pieces of wood in half in his driveway directly across from where we fucking record this
2: could have been doing it at any other time it is 4 in the afternoon on a sunday yeah
1: anyway god damn uh, it <laughs> the way that this movie lays out it it very much doesn't it doesn't break up the story in terms of like oh this is part 1 this is part 2 it's not clearly defined. It just flows into the next story without any
2: break. Do you know what I wrote down? Ho one, ho two, ho three. It was a three. Ho- it was a three-part ho series.
1: It was a three ho circus. It
2: was a three ho circus. Sean, that is amazing. Is that the tagline? It should be. Oh, it should be. This episode is called the three ho circus. Sorry, everybody. Oh God. Um. I was really, really happy because the last anthology we watched was Black Sabbath. Yes. Which that one, we knew it was gonna be that. And I was like, kind of like I wanted them more to connect. This one connected via the killer. The killer was the connection. Um, The other connection was douchebags and rape.
1: Yeah, literally every single person outside of our protagonists in this movie was an absolute fucking piece of shit.
2: Everyone. I'm not even kidding. The men, the women, if there were children, they would have been dicks. No offense. Yeah. Like... It starts off where you're thinking that it's going to go one way. You think this is going to be... Honestly, I was thinking of... It's not I Spit on Your Grave. The two girls who get tortured in the woods and one gets killed in the water.
1: Oh, uh, Last House on the Left. Last
2: House on the Left. That's what I was thinking this would have been more of. But this was everyday, run-of-the-mill people judging these women by what they've done in their past.
1: It's funny you actually say that. And I'm not going to... Get into this in great detail until we start going through like the breakdown of this Mm. whole thing. But I noticed watching this movie that each segment felt like a blend of two different films. Yeah. And I like wrote down, like, oh, this is like this and this and this and this. And I'll break those out later on. All
2: right. This is my prediction of what you're going to say. I'm going to predict what you think, what you said they were. The first one felt like um a invasion slash um home invasion like slash like stalker kind of thing the second one felt just like i still know what you did last summer esque and like a uh, like i know what you did last summer and like oh you were here at the wrong place at the wrong time and the last one felt more like a stalker and a smart girl kind of thing like a a scream type of thing. Okay. That those are my opinions on the three stories. So we'll see how right I am when we start breaking it down. because he didn't smile at all once and that tells me <laughs> I'm wrong in every every respect of the way. So, sadly, there is no breakdown on the internet on this one. You said you found well, a basic one.
1: Yes, and I do have, like, the rough information to get us started yeah. here.
2: But I'm going to attempt, because I took notes all the whole way through, I'm going to attempt to give my synopsis on this one. So, the only thing I want to touch upon before we do the back of the box is, when you think sexploitation films, what do you think sexploitation films is for people that don't know it uh,
1: that's a little tough for me to answer because i know what it is i've known yeah, what it is for but if
2: you're gonna explain it to somebody who's like oh sexploitation sounds icky and gross and kind of graphic what would you explain it's not it's not porn
1: no but my response to that would be yes yes because it is icky gross and graphic most of the time like a sex exploitation. If I was gonna just describe what it is to somebody, it's it's a heavily it's a perverse exploitation film. Like okay, it, it's extreme. It's exploitation with an emphasis on sex.
2: But to me, and maybe I'm just this is just who I am. I did not think this was that bad. I thought this was pretty normal. But is that a sign of the times? Okay, meaning. Back then, this was probably pretty graphic. Now, this isn't graphic at all.
1: Well, I think this is still a little bit beyond what your average movie would be. Like, this, you go to the movies now to see a horror film, it's not going to be balls-to-the-wall boobs. Like, it's all, you almost never get that. Trowel. Now, this is something a little bit different. Like, it's this is kind of a basic horror movie all the way through, but they just worked in boobs wherever they possibly could have.
2: And it didn't feel like because of the source material or the material they were covering, it wasn't like, oh, they're just throwing boobs, throw boobs in. No, it literally was... These girls are centerfold girls, and for people that don't know what a centerfold girl is, is in Playboy, Penthouse, Huts, Hustler, men's magazines from the past because they don't really exist too much now. You can see some, you know, dirty magazines here and there, but you know you can get more porn on your phone on the internet now than you can then. But these were women who would, to make extra money, would be centerfold girls, would sell their bodies for money and this was a big deal in the 70s, 80s, 90s because nobody had, you know, dial up or broadband to go on and, you know, click their mouse. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, to me, this isn't this wasn't that wild. This was I thought for a sex exploitation so happy, very tame. I feel like this can get pushed even further.
1: I mean, it definitely can get pushed further and eventually you will see it get pushed further, mm. but this in terms of the sexploitation side of it this was fairly packed in
2: yeah for the 70s i think this is really good so today we've watched the centerfold girls and i have here the dark sky films dvd special edition you can hear it's a dvd we do not have this on tape i don't know if this is on tape um I purchased this off of Amazon. So if you'd like to go grab this, go right ahead. I don't know if it's on any streaming sites. So the tagline on the back is the most beautiful girls in the world. Some are for loving, some are for killing. Eh, isn't interesting. I uh, have one still from the scene, which uh that was the most uncomfortable I felt was the first what the first story. It just felt very uncomfortable. It wasn't bad, it was just like, oh, mmm. Okay. A reedy man wearing saddle shoes and an ill-fitting suit drags the nude body of a young woman, her throat slit, along an otherwise empty beach. Soon, a number of other beautiful women turn up dead. Their throats also cut open. Nurses, students, stewardesses. What's the common theme? They were centerfold models for a popular men's magazine, prey to a bloodthirsty psychopath with a straight razor. Framed by an unusual three-story arc and jam-packed with delectable nudity, Delectable? That's a word. And Grim Violence. The Centerfold Girls is an exploitation masterpiece, a depraved hell ride through the scuzzy 70s grindhouse circuit where sleazy and mean-spiritedness prevails. Ah, okay, all right. Starring Timothy Boiling, The Candy Snatchers, Aldo Ray, Psycho, Psycho Killer, oh, Psychotic Killer, Ray Dalton, The Rise and Fall of Legs Diamond. Why are you looking at me like that?
1: I feel like this is just a list of must sees.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. I already took so many pictures of other ones, got recommended. Uh, Francie York, The Doll Squad. Jennifer Ashley, In Seminoid. In Seminoid. And Jamie Lee Bauer, Days of Our Lives. Ha! And Andrew Prime, Simon, and King of the Witches. So Andrew Prime was our running killer. Jamie Lynn Bauer was the first girl. Uh, Tiffany Boiling was the third girl. And Jennifer Ashley was the second girl. Sadly, Jennifer Ashley has no other credits on IMDb or Wikipedia. I'm sorry, on Wikipedia. I didn't check IMDb. Um, So I'm not sure. Um, Andrew Prime... um, plays the seriously demented Clement Dune. So every time he gave his name to these girls, he gave the correct name. He said his name was Clement every time. Yeah. Which, one of those girls got away. You guys were fucked. Uh, the Center for Girls has been transferred and restored from its original 16mm camera negatives. So throughout this film, I noticed, and I pointed out to Sean, that certain shots at the t- very top it was scratch, it was, it was like perma-scratch. And it was cool for this transfer because it looks like they tried to clean it up as much as possible. But unfortunately, when you're transferring a lot of these movies that were at Grindhouse or not really popular to DVD, you're not gonna have the best quality ones. They're gonna look for the best quality that they have available. But I think it would be really cool if at some point somebody finds a theater somewhere in the U.S. and there's just a bunch of these bullshit movies sitting around. How cool would that be?
1: Yeah. They're
2: in good condition. The rest of it is just...
1: This one is beautifully grainy, beautifully dusty. I... It's actually for a DVD.
2: This is a good transfer. This is a, this is a good, really transfer.
1: good transfer. Yes.
2: I will say where there were dark, there were moments where it was dark and it was day to night. Like you pointed out, it made sense because it could have been an early morning day to night. So it wasn't as harsh. Um, the second one is filmed on an island, so there's a lot of sunlight there, so if they're trying to film, they may have not been able to get enough equipment onto the island for lighting, so day for night looks like it had to have been done. The other two stories look like they were able to Mm -mm. light at night, so it might have been a choice of just, well, we're filming on an island and we can't bring thousands of dollars of lighting equipment. Uh, let's see, everything else on the back of the box is just general... Like information, shit. uh, directed by John Feiser. P E Y S E R. Pfizer,
1: I think it's Pazer.
2: Pazer music in this was pretty cool.
1: Music was you were something, rocking out at some point. Music is something that I actually very much enjoyed about this one. Mm. So, like, the when the movie starts, it there's no music at all, nothing, and we're only hearing ambient noise, and then. The score kicks in, like, right during our opening credits. And the whole thing, I guess, was done by a band called Wheeze. They say it at the very beginning. Yeah, it was like Wheeze. And they did a really, really good job giving us a very varied musical experience about the whole thing. But also giving us like a really good theme that carries throughout <laughs> do, do, do,
2: do, do.
1: it was really good
2: but it was the scene where the cat was showing up in the second one where the music went fucking weird and i was like oh oh <laughs> also whoever thought that a cat goes, it's just fucking re-record that shit
0: oh yeah it was bad
2: we have two cats and i can make them make a better noise <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this.
1: It was very obvious to me that before the opening credits even finished, that this was going to be, like, as true of a sexploitation movie as there could possibly be.
2: I knew when the opening scene was a woman dead with her throat slit with her tits hanging out in panties and a button up that looked like the buttons were ripped off. I was like, first fucking scene, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good.
1: See, what did it for me was like there was, it opens with that but then literally the next thing it cuts to is our first protagonist taking off her shirt. Yep. (laughs) I was like, oh yes, this is is what this is gonna be. In the first
2: (laughs) ten minutes... There's two or three sets of tits.
1: Oh, yeah, it's insane.
2: And I mean, like, so much so that I'm like, what fucking year is this? The 70s. They did not wear bras. That's right.
1: This was still after following the, like, free love movement and- Burn your
2: bras, you know, yeah, that thing. (laughs) I, As a woman, I know nothing about that, so that's pretty bad. (laughs) But I advocate for no bras because those are just- traps for your boobs. Booby zoos. Booby zoos. Caged animals need to be free.
1: I also loved how open and trusting all of these characters were oh my to one God. another.
2: Does this film think that women are just fucking that stupid? I
1: don't, I, see, I don't really even think it was that. I think it was just it was very telling of the mentality of the times which is then contrasted by the horrors that befall all of these people it
2: it gets me thinking like okay nowadays women are like don't trust strangers keep your doors locked as a woman you know what you need to do to protect yourself the first girl meets somebody who looks really sad at a gas station is like oh is something wrong oh my boyfriend's late i need to meet my friends okay you know let's you know i can give you a ride no offense but i don't know you like coming from that girl from linda no um no, she was Linda. Crap. Coming from the girl, that girl who said, oh, my boyfriend's late, you know, and her saying, oh, I don't trust you, I don't know you. Real rich coming from that fucking bitch. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> and this girl's like, oh, let me tell you a little about myself and, you know, we can be friends.
1: See, but that was the cl- clever part of it.
2: Very clever. The fact
1: that she was the one to bring up the the distrust, because it's like, I don't know who you are. like, And then she's the, the one... Who fucking was actually the asshole.
2: Yeah, I did. I would have never guessed it until Linda, her name is Linda, turns to the friends who are just waiting there. And they're like, yeah, Linda, woo! And I'm like, oh my god. Like, what the fuck? All All set up. Oh my god. It was so bad. So to start off, we have the killer kills his first victim which i believe was miss january
1: yeah i would assume <laughs>
2: yeah um he killed on an every month every other month because he couldn't take the picture of the other girl behind it yeah so it was like january march may july i was like okay that's how i do it too i guess I don't know. um it opens with him burying her on the sand uh in the sand at, a, at an empty beach which i was so proud of that actress for staying that still yeah. They used an actual actress. They dragged the actress across the sand. They threw her in a hole and then they threw dirt on her, half naked. I'm like, that girl. I hope they pay her so much money. She's gonna be finding sand inside her hoo ha for the next god knows how long. She's gonna make a pearl. That's how much sand was mm. on her. Um, and I felt bad because we've all been to the beach and we've all know how much sand we get out of our fucking clothes after.
1: So I have to, I have to make a suggestion, a request. Mm-hmm. I think we go segment by segment yes. on this one.
2: Yep. How else would I have done it? What, you think I'm going to jump around like some heathen? Like some psychotic killer with a straight razor? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past you. Wow. <laughs> Let's see if you sleep through the night. I never do. <laughs> That's because of the kitty. All right. Um, so after that segment, we have the opening title. And we are thrust literally into bed with a woman who wakes up gets dressed, gets ready, and goes to a hospital uh, where she's working, and she goes up to the front desk to start her job, and somebody's like, oh, there's a phone call for you. I'm like, alright. It's a man. It's a man. <laughs> Lordy that, me, it's a that, gentleman caller. <laughs>
1: that literally just reminded me of Roger Rabbit. You remember the, the part with the cartoon lady when he goes into Toontown? <laughs> just, I was dying. I was like, oh my God. I was wondering
2: why you were laughing. I'm like, why is he laughing at It's a man. A man. Oh God, now I can see her face. <laughs> 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 um, She answers the phone and he was uh, the guy on the other line's like, oh, I want to help you. Da-da-da. You're unclean. You know what? You, uh, how? What? Ex- how exactly do you put it? it? Do you know that you soil the minds of people? And oh my God, the shit he was saying on the phone. Yeah, I was like, damn. Girl his, hangs up.
1: His uh, his one reoccurring line is always, "I I want to help you."
2: I want to help. All I want to do is help you. You make minds unclean. What are you doing, stalking and killing half naked women? Cleansing. Uh, cleansing what yourself because you're having filthy thoughts just wrap your hand around your dick and get it over with <laughs>
0: i'm
2: not a therapist i can't help anybody with some issues but you know that's my <laughs> that's my opinion um after i think it's jackie yep after jackie finishes her shift she gets dressed she gets in her cadillac She starts driving to somewhere up north. We don't find out until afterwards what it's for. I
1: believe she ends up saying it's her aunt's place.
2: Well, she's driving to a camp where they have a position for a nursing position open, and when she um, she's going to like interview for it. Um, she goes to a gas station to fill up, and she meets Linda. Linda is a younger woman who's like, I need to get to Barstow, California. My boyfriend left me here. It's been three hours. Jackie's like, oh, maybe he's having car trouble. So they introduce each other. They take the drive up there. And then we have this scene where her, Linda's friends are like, woo, go Linda. And you're like, why are there three people cheering her on from there? That's weird. Something
1: shady. (laughs) The
2: red flag's going off. So, um... Jackie gets to the camp and instantly is judged by the way she looks. Now, she's wearing a sweater. It's a tight sweater, and it's a button-up to right about where her breastbone would start. And you can see, you know, she's got a little bit of cleavage, whatever. It's how women dress. But the woman who worked there, um, she says, oh, my name's Jackie, so-and-so I'm interviewing from the nursing position. She immediately judges her, and she's like, "Oh, the doctor's gone till Sunday. You can't stay here." Like, okay. And then her husband is like, "Why do you gotta be so mean?" Like, "Oh, do you want?" But he kept staring at her, like, yeah. like he knew exactly who she was. And you're like, "Ooh, <laughs> I think he knows you're Miss March." Maybe he's a fan. Uh, bigger fan. Um, so. The wife was like, I don't want her kind of people here. I don't, I don't need that. So she says, well, when the doctor comes back, I'm staying at my aunt's place in Winslow up the road. Can you just phone me and let me know when he gets back before Sunday? Okay. So she goes and her and Linda go to her house and they're playing cards. and They're hanging out. They, you know. Get to know each other, and then they decide, okay, we're going to go to bed. Middle of the night, somebody's going, Linda, hey, Linda, Linda. Seems like Linda made a phone call at some point to tell them the address so they can make it up there. And then these three batshit crazy people don't know their names. It's a dude and two girls. Uh, Mind you, the two girls look like they've been on meth for their entire life. (laughs) If they were supposed to be young women, they did not look young. They looked gnarly love that so they all you can tell they're one of those like free love hippie kind of like you know we do what we want we steal what we want whatever yeah so Linda makes a point to say oh I don't drink or smoke because my Baptist parents would roll in their grave but when Jackie comes out to be like what is happening in the middle of the night there's Linda drinking smoking and you know practically naked right all right Linda's a tramp that's exactly what I said so Linda and her friends are just tramps hollet hollets Charlatans. Um, Linda's friends start to act creepy and Jackie's like, whatever, you can stay. You gotta be gone in the morning. So Jackie wakes up in the morning and one of the ladies is pinching her nipples while she's sleeping, half naked in her bed. The other girl is half naked, dancing in her living room. Jackie's coming out screaming, get out of my house. I didn't invite you guys, you need to leave. Thus ensues them rubbing makeup all over her face, telling her how pretty she is getting her stone drunk by forcing her to drink. And then the dude tries to rape her and steals her keys. So she finds it out, runs literally as as hard as she can in a robe and no clothes and slippers on because they conveniently said, why don't you put your cute little slippers on and model them for us? And I was like, she gonna run? <laughs> Is that the only reason why they gave her slippers? Um, so she runs to the camp. And the husband's like, oh my God, are you all right? Are you okay? If it was anything, we'll call the police. Uh, the wife is still like, I want her gone. I don't want her here. You need to get rid of her. She was like, they they tried to rape me. They tried to drug me, like seriously, help me. And the girl seems like she's a decent human being. Like she helped Linda out. She said, sure, you guys can stay for the night. That's fine. We got to go on in the morning. She's trying to get a respectable job. Like she's not a you know red district fucking woman that you have to put on blast because she did something wrong
1: no it's like she probably did that because she was down on her luck she or was something. young she's yeah. probably trying
2: to pay for college she's a nurse i don't know how much that would have cost to go to nursing school back then uh, i mean she made a point to say my family has money but i don't i'm just using this this is their place kind of thing so she ends up staying the night at the motel and the husband's like, fine, I'll get her out of here. The wife's like, no, she's a she's a troublemaker. You need to get that type of people out of here. We, we don't need them. So the husband brings her back to the house. The house is secluded on a clifftop. Mind you, this house was gorgeous. I think you said it a couple times, like, oof. It was very
1: those nice. Those
2: windows came in real handy. But those windows are very nice. Um, the husband brings her back. And he's like, oh, I know what kind of person you are, blah, 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 blah. You know, and he wanted her to put up a fight while he tries to rape her. And she didn't. She's so beaten at this point. She's like, just do whatever you want to me. I don't care. He's like, it's not fun if you don't fight back. That line right there infuriated me. Yeah. Because that is the mentality of some people. It is. It's not fun if you don't fight. I'm sorry. Why do you want? Why? 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 That's just it. The general word is why. Today's word is why. Like, this poor girl. She was the one I felt the most bad for. Because she was just trying to be a normal human, and she got this. So the husband tries to rape her. And she doesn't put up a fight, so he's like, you're pathetic, I'm leaving. So he leaves. And here comes Clement. Oh, I'm your neighbor, I just want to make sure you're okay. Sure, come on in. She's beaten at this point. She's like she's so happy to see a face that she doesn't, she hasn't seen in a couple of days. You know, my wife's, uh, I can drive you to my house. My wife will be happy for the company. You shouldn't stay here alone without the police. Come on. I'll take you with me. And then he just gets closer and closer to her. And he just says, I want to help you. Miss Carol was her last name. Carol. And she just, her mind goes, wait, you wanna help me? Oh shit.
1: She immediately starts to remember all the phone calls. Yep.
2: And it's his voice, and she panics. <laughs> she tries to run. She gets to the window, and he slashes her throat. And I'm like, oh, look at the blood on the window. That looks so cool, but oh, I'm like, no, not Jackie. Jackie was, Jackie was the one that I was like, oh, I was rooting for her. So from there, it ends there. And it goes into essentially the next story right away.
1: Yes. And I want to touch on a couple of things here before we move into Mm. segment two. So it was by the end of this one that I was like, I really started to see this is exactly what a traditional exploitation film feels like. Mm. Like at any moment while watching this, did you feel like. This is kind of ridiculous. Like, she's being pursued by a serial killer, and then she, she, these people attack her in her home, and there's all this rape and, and shit. And her
2: future employer might might rape her. Yeah. And the wife hates her, and all of a sudden the killer just happens to stumble on all right. of this. Like but
1: it, like, did you, like, start to feel like...
2: This is... This is insane. Yes, this is ridiculous.
1: That's how exploitation feels.
2: And this, I feel, is the training wheels of sexploitation. Kind of. I feel like this is, they can go harder than this. It gets so much more insane than this. Holy shit. I mean, I've watched a couple of movies with you that you even said there's nudity. It's not sexploitation. There's nudity involved yeah. in these horror movies, but that's more of a look. There's boobies. Come here. Right. This is literally marketed as sex exploitation with killing.
1: Right. It's the same as Sex and Fury.
2: I felt like this was watching a '90s soap opera where it just tries to one up the next problem.
1: Yeah, and this—that's kind of how these movies end up feeling. They like they blend genres. They um,
0: that offer.
1: They um they have so many events transpire one after the other that like somehow coincidentally coincide and the ca- the same character gets put through insanely different things all at once yeah but, and somehow it's all woven into one story. That's basically the crux of exploitation. That's how these movies go because. The general idea is that you are to make an exploitation film, you want to take whatever your script is and then milk it for everything that it is worth.
2: Honestly, I think this first story could have been milked a little harder.
1: I mean, I think out of all of them, this is probably the heaviest one in this movie.
2: It was heavy material, but I think it could have been. I think they could have gone harder with the first one.
1: I mean, in terms of exploitation. No, yeah. Like, no, I think like. Out of all three of these stories, this is the most exploitation. Like, they milked this one more than any of the other ones. I think the other ones could have been milked harder. Really? Yes.
2: I mean, the second one seemed a little too obvious to milk it for more because it went, out, it went everywhere that I was like, oh, is it going to? Yep. Is it going to? Even the other one, I called half of the stuff in the last thing. And I'm yeah. like, this one, they couldn't, to me, they couldn't have done much more with the last one. Because it was supposed to be, you know, the big one. The middle one seemed more of like, y'all are fucking dumb.
1: The beauty of exploitation is you can always milk it for more. There's literally always more you can do.
2: Honestly, I hate to say it this way. I wanted them to push the envelope with the the weird hippie dude in her more. I wanted it to be a little harder. I was like, this is not hard enough. Uh, all right.
1: I mean, I don't think it. if they pushed it any further, I don't think it would have fit the tone of everything else. No, I
2: mean, this one was, and I hate to say it this way, this was a lighthearted sexploitation. (laughs) In my opinion, that's the only way, like, when you're like, oh, it's a lighthearted thriller, it's a a little lighter, not like, oh, it's caring. No, it's just, it's like a diet version of it. Like, if you, I would say, if you want to watch a sexploitation film and see if you like it, try this first doesn't show anything you don't want to. It has trigger words and tr- some trigger stuff, but it's not its not as hard as other films go, even now.
1: Well, yeah. It's a different...
2: Different world.
1: Different world. It's a different style. Mm-hmm. There's a nice uh, reference in this one. It's, it's like super passing, but... And um, the
2: first... What?
1: yeah the weird hippie guy at one point says oh it seems we hit what we have here is a failure to communicate oh
2: my god which yeah. is a,
1: a line from cool hand luke it's like a western i believe i th- believe that's a western i haven't seen it wait a minute a i thought time. that line
2: was something different
1: it's used in a lot of things a lot of people have referenced <laughs> that line over the years
2: cool hand luke the captain's speech you're correct
1: I thought that was just kind of interesting because I I heard it and I was like, hey, that's like a line that Tarantino has spoofed before. (laughs)
2: That's where I've heard it before is in a Tarantino film. That's why I was like, wait, isn't this film way early for this to be in?
1: No, like a lot of the stuff he uses, uh, he got from other things like um, the actor in this, Aldo, um, what is it? Aldo. Aldo Ray. Aldo Ray. Yeah the name of Brad Pitt's character in *Inglorious Bastards is Lieutenant Aldo Ray. Uh,
2: So I wonder if he's ever seen this film then.
1: Probably. Uh, I mean, either that or he's seen a bunch of movies with Aldo Ray in it.
2: Speaking of Tarantino, I have to bring it up on the podcast because it was announced earlier this week. How are you doing knowing the 10th film is looming? Uh, How, how, How do you feel, sir? It's
1: daunting a little because he's one of the best directors in the world right now and his his movies are always great they're like, there's literally not a bad one so it's kind of hard to to wrap my head around the idea of like he's only making one more film and then he's done Granted, he has said he's gonna go direct plays, he's gonna write books, he's gonna direct TV shows. But and his
2: whole thing was always you 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 kind of lose your your edge. You, you lose your edge after your tenth film, and he's yeah. always said after ten I'm done.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to get to a place where a lot of directors get where their movies just start getting bad,
2: or you become George Lucas.
1: He was always bad. Yep, let's be real. He
2: got lucky with Star Wars.
1: <laughs> the i don't know i i think i think he's making the wisest choice that any director ever has mm. but at the same time it's just always it's hard to see someone you you look up to their work so it's like you don't want that work to stop
2: sort of like Wes Craven, John Carpenter <laughs> Yeah.
1: But John Carpenter was another one like is I love his movies, most of the world did not. But he at some point stopped. Yeah. He was just even
2: like, even he said "I can't. we can't do this anymore
1: so I don't know uh, ultimately I think I'm going to be okay with it especially since he's going to do other stuff yeah it's just it's going to be kind of it'd be nice to see him try other things because I wonder part of me wonders if he's classifying it as alright I'm going to stop at 10 films mm. because there is a distinct difference between films and movies yeah which is partially why I wonder if he never made a horror movie. He's never done anything in the horror genre because there are not films. There are horror films, but he views films differently than I do.
2: Why do a lot of directors and even award people like i don't know what to call them committees like the oscars you know all of these places they snub horror so bad when i think that's one of the best genres to get you through certain situations
1: it, it's because fi- with the term film is a very it comes with a heavy artistic connotation and the horror genre for so long has been nothing but just do whatever you have to to make money make it violent make it filled with boobs and sex and just milk it for money
2: you've got the shining you have susperia you have parasite
1: there are exceptions to the rule but because of the overwhelming majority horror generally is not considered film
2: And I think that's terrible. Because I believe, and maybe I'm not the only person or maybe I am the only one, I believe that when things are looking really bad in the world, bleak, tough, you're dealing with death, you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with horror. Watch some horror. Put in a movie that is absolutely gut-wrenchingly terrorizing. You will feel better at the end last year i can't tell you last year was one of the toughest years i've done i've dealt with this year that's all i'm saying um but when we watch horror films i felt better yeah. i feel better watching <clears throat> horror films we saw scream on tuesday yeah scream six, six. I always forget which number it is because last year they fucked it up by making it scream. So now it's like, what am I calling this one? It was great. It was amazing. Not saying more than that because we actually recorded something right after we watched it. We don't know what we're doing with it yet. But, you know, maybe people might hear our opinions. Perhaps. Perhaps. But honestly, I have been having really bad mental issues lately. Watching that film made me feel better because i'm like it's an escape it is and horror i think is a a great escape people that don't like horror i understand it can be gut-wrenching to watch some of this stuff but
1: movies are an escape yes any kind of movie that you're into
2: like i just think horror is a better thing to watch when things are really bad when you go through a breakup what do you put in a romantic comedy because it makes you feel better Yeah. You want to cry. You want to laugh. You want to go through these emotions if they're any. And seeing seeing Scream, while Scream was not the issue that I saw on the big screen, it was the trailer for Evil Dead Rising that actually made me want to throw up. (laughs) I had to look away at that trailer for like the later half of it. I couldn't do it. That's the first thing I've seen that has made me want to throw up. Sean's so excited to see this goddamn movie. Of course. Sadly, I will not be with him.
1: Chicken shit.
2: A 150% (laughs) this time. I'm not seeing any films that involve a cheese grater to the face. No.
1: To be fair, it's a leg. But moving on.
2: I already have leg pain, and I can
0: (laughs) feel that. Uh,
1: (sighs) So before we move into segment two, Mm. the blend that I saw of segment one Uh was... Traditional stalk and slash Mm -hmm. and home invasion horror. So
2: you so we did feel the same way. Okay. I felt like Liv Tyler could have been that fucking character. Yeah. I honestly was like thinking modern day I don't remember what is that movie called The Stranger? Or the the Strangers. The Strangers. It's different from The Stranger, which I'm looking at. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. I always have. But Home Invasion is one of those movies where if you don't live in a really good place, don't watch a home invasion movie. Yeah. Do not, because it, it is one of those things where it's like zombies, eh? A killer that's gonna stalk you and murder you for the rest of your life, eh? Uh, Nightmare monster, eh? Home invasion? Huh? Oh, they're two doors away from that being true. Uh-uh. Ah, yeah. <laughs> nope, won't watch that right now. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad we thought the same thing on that. Man, you didn't smile once. I'm really proud of you. You've been—you've uh, been keeping your bluffs real well. We should go gambling. <laughs> no, no, we'll lose everything. All right. So the next people, forgive me. I have to jet over to this because I forget that other girl's name. Okay. So, Charlie. Charlie is Miss May This is Charlie's story So how we're introduced To Charlie is It looks like she's A student in college And she literally Did this For keeping up On payments On her studies She even makes A comment When she gets Into the room And um, the minute She gets in there She strips her shirt off Puts a new one on (laughs) Like why Just because So many bits Um
1: We gotta see them titties. But
2: even the roommate's like, oh, this is what happens when you're a world-famous girl who shows off her body. You know, you're everywhere. You're jet set. You're doing all this stuff. And she even says, I'm just doing it for the money. I'm, I'm solely doing this for the money. So she packs her bags and during her doing this, the roommate picks the phone up. And of course it's Clement on the phone, making all these, blah, 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 and the girl goes, I don't have time for this bullshit. She hangs up. Like, I'm like, good girl. So she grabs a suitcase. Bear last runs to a dock where she's getting on a boat with, let me pull up the rest of the names. Uh, Perry, who I believe he's the director or the, or, or the, or like some, the coordinator of it. Melissa, who, the biggest bitch of this whole fucking oh, yeah. thing um, she literally is. seems like she's the one who's wrangling the girls um, the caretaker who was this old gentleman with the boat who basically cares for the house nobody lives there all the time but they rent it out Sandy who had the best hair of everybody it was a mix between the Brady Bunch remake with Jan with the little curls on the side of her face and like the wispy blonde with like a red dress and I'm like oh my god look at this 1970s just just she was cut out of a magazine just here you are she was perfect um not bad boobs either uh (laughs) Gloria who I believe was the curly-haired redhead Sam was the photographer so all these people get on the boat with the caretaker and they go and the dude Clement is stalking them (laughs) literally makes it there and he's just waiting in his car does nobody see the creepy guy just standing by his car half the time literally all he's doing is standing by his car nowadays you'd see that and be like what are you doing here why why are you being creepy back then nobody thought anything of it like damn like time really did make us all paranoid for the right reasons yeah now I see why women carry tasers and fucking stun guns and mace because this is the shit that would happen to some women holy crap i'll stay in my little apartment thank you very much and i'm never going to a big city anywhere in california they're all crazy so they get to the island and the caretaker says i couldn't get the generator to work you have no electricity there's plenty of candles and that melissa woman is just like you couldn't fucking do one thing and he's like what the fuck like he literally lashes out
1: at her I fucking got you here didn't I I got you
2: here I got everything set there's one thing I couldn't do and he literally looks at like screams at her and she's like oh you're good for nothing he's like I'll be here at 3 o'clock on Sunday if you're not here I'm fucking leaving your ass here I was like good what a bitch hated her the whole way through um they get in the house they get their assigned rooms Um, they do, she plans out the schedule, and literally, um, I think it was Perry who mentioned, like, once she said the schedule, he's like, wow, no room to breathe, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, we immediately get the, the little bit of a backstory here that, like, her and Perry have this, this conflicting relationship, like there was something in the past where like they may have been an item and one of them fucked the other one over
2: I think so when Gloria was explaining to Sandy what was with them because the next scene is Gloria and Sandy in Gloria's room and Uh, Gloria was like, oh yeah, Perry's got very important friends and can do anything for you because at dinner, Melissa pretty much looked at Perry and called him a pimp. That's all he does is pimp girls out.
1: Well, because he's a coordinator. He finds the girls for these shoots or for movies or whatever.
2: So he's not a traditional, hey, you know, like, oh, I'm wearing a fur coat kind of pimp. He's a modern day pimp. He finds beautiful girls, sets them up with these jobs, you know, and he makes it worth their while if... They do something for him. Yeah. So Gloria tells Sandy all this stuff. And Gloria, being the dumb blonde, because that's all she was was a dumb blonde, hook, line, and sinker accepts it, goes to Perry's room. And I believe Gloria explained it to Sandy that Melissa and one of the girls were in a relationship or had a relationship, and he stole her away from Melissa. Okay. Because she said, if you were a big, broad, butch woman what would you do if he stole your lady and that's when Sandy laughed and went oh so my I think it was a subtle nod that she was a lesbian really liked this girl kind of hit it off and Perry ended up taking her getting her more positions more jobs and she left her Yeah. so now Melissa feels jilted that Perry is like well I just find the beautiful girls nothing I can do about it so the next scene is Sandy goes and fucks Perry for money and power he says i just want 20 percent off the top you can have everything else but you got to do something for me and she automatically jumps on his dick of course i was like oh look there's more boobs and i was just like oh this poor blonde girl so after sandy sleeps with sleeps with perry she's getting ready to go back to you know her room and she hears a noise and she's like oh What was that? She sees somebody walk out the front door. She's like, oh, Sam, is that you? Follow Sam. Hey, Sam. And she goes to the cliffside and it's a beautiful image. It's the cliffside and the wind. And it must have been really nice to be standing there. But she started to get cold because they made it a point to zoom in on her nipples being very hard and her shaking. And I'm like, really, guys? You're doing day for night. We can't see her nipples. Milk it for everything. Nil- it's Just worth. milk them teddies. Like everything. So she's enjoying it, and then she sees somebody in the bushes, and she's like, Oh, Sam? Wait, who are you? Right on the neck. And we assume, oh, Okay, he hides her body. Great. So Sandy's not at the photo shoot in the morning, and Melissa's being a bitch, being like, oh, well Charlie you do your solos and then uh, Gloria you go relax and we'll try to figure out where the hell Sandy is and all this shit and of course Perry and fucking Melissa have another fight
1: and then uh, Perry goes and propositions the other girl
2: Yep, and she's like nope I enjoy what I'm doing I just want to be a model I don't need your he's like oh well Sandy came to me she's like oh I know I saw her leave your room I know what was up did you talk to her about me yup so obviously Gloria was like trying to test her, yeah, like to see if she'd take the bait. Oh, she took it. Um, so then Gloria's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go take a walk. Bye, bye. I don't want to deal with you, Perry." So she goes to walk to the edge of the cliff, is enjoying the same breeze and sunshine that Sandy was, or moonlight, know, and looks down, and there's Sandy's body on the rocks, just
1: splayed out,
2: splayed out, naked for everybody to see. Everybody freaks out. They go back to where they were taking the pictures. The two girls are obviously shaken, Charlie and Gloria. And Melissa goes, chop, chop, take the pictures, let's go. And she says my favorite fucking line, so I'm not going to repeat it till later. But she is a heartless bitch. She wanted them to continue. She's like, nope, keep going.
1: Like, well, we're stuck here anyway. Yeah, get the Perry job was done. like, can
2: you give them a rest? No, that's not what I'm paying them for. I was like, oh my God, I want this bitch to get stuck damned so <laughs> bad um so then we go on to take the pictures we go to at night everybody's in their own rooms and i don't 100 percent remember how it happens the the guy sneaks back in
1: yeah so he sneaks back into the house and uh the girl gloria the main girl of this segment she uh, charlie yep She goes downstairs for something, and uh, Perry ends up, like, catching a glimpse of the guy. Yeah. Um, He's like,
2: who are you? Hello?
1: And the guy stabs him.
2: Because he stole a knife from the kitchen. Yes. It's not a straight blade. It was a knife. And the best thing about this scene is, you said it, where we noticed when Perry's at the bottom of the stairs after he's flung down, it is a still shot.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they didn't let the camera roll long enough on him laying on the ground, so he, like, falls down the stairs, and they cut back to him at the bottom of the stairs a couple times, and it's literally, like, the last frame of the shot that they just froze. Yeah.
2: And usually in films newer films you cannot tell but it's the fact there there's there was this one squiggle that was moving when he's falling and all of a sudden the squiggles dead stopped in the middle of the well, frame i'm like oh god you
1: can also tell because of the film grain
2: yes the grain the, the grain's not moving it's not harsh anymore yeah,
1: when you're watching a, a movie play out an older movie the grain is almost unnoticeable most of the time this was
2: like why does it look like there's pepper all over this fucking scene (laughs) it's because
1: when you freeze it the grain becomes prominent yeah like you could see it (laughs) oh
2: so funny so then you've got everybody freaking out he's dead so now Sam tells the three women Melissa, Charlie and Gloria go in your rooms lock the door do not move until I give you a signal He's like, I've got a gun into my room. I'm going to go investigate, clear everything, make sure I find this person. So he goes and he does that. um, And the girls locked themselves in their rooms. Sam goes outside to kind of investigate. And Clement goes back in the house. And Charlie, for some reason, leaves her room again.
1: Uh, They hear a scream.
2: Okay. Yep. They hear Melissa scream. And her and Gloria, Charlie and Gloria, go to check on Melissa. And Melissa is dead in the shower never cheered in my head harder I was like that bitch deserves that gotten to see her oh get my god her. I wanted to see the struggle but you also notice Melissa's boobs were covered Yep. so we were not allowed to see Melissa naked no so that was probably the actress they were like well you're gonna get the boring death so good luck mm-hmm. If she would have allowed herself to be shown, that death in that shower would have been better. Oh, probably. Oh, my God. Seeing a psycho-esque type of scene in that, because there was blood all over the place. Yeah. Which means she probably fought back a little bit, which... Fucking great she died. So the girls are all freaked out, calling for Sam. Sam comes running back in the house, and he's like, Stay here, don't move. And, or, no, they're like, we're staying here. We're not moving. And he was like, well, go to your rooms. I'm going to go back out and see if I can find anything. So the girls are literally sitting. There's no electricity. It is dark. There's only a candle with them um, on the stairs. And Sam goes back out. And um, Gloria says, we're going to freeze to death on these stairs. And that's when Charlie says, stay here. Do not move. I'm going to go get a blanket and come right back. Because Sam gives her the gun so they, she can protect the, themselves. Like, okay, that sounds fine. Sam goes outside and immediately gets cornered by the killer. He slashes his throat, throws him in the pool. Basically, Sam's done. So both girls are now alone in the house. Um, I'm trying to remember how Gloria gets killed.
1: She, uh, something scares her. Mm-hmm. And she runs- oh, The run- cat. Yeah, and she runs up the stairs to find Charlie, and Charlie thinks it's the oh, killer right. coming for her, and oh, she shoots her.
2: Charlie shoots her in the heart, like, literally in the heart, and that felt heartbreaking, because it looked like Charlie was absolutely terrified, and Gloria was more or less not shocked she got shot, but it was like, oh, it's. And she was more or less shocked, oh, you're not the killer, good. Yeah. That's what it said to me on her face, like, she looked relieved, like, oh, my friend shot me, not the killer, like. I was like, no, I liked them. So now Charlie is freaking out. She is all alone. And Clement literally, literally chases her yeah. pretty much through the house and kills her. And at the end, you've got the detective and the caretaker like, I don't know how anybody got here. So Clement snuck onto the dock, stole the caretaker's little dinghy, got to the island, killed everybody and brought it back before daybreak, tied it back up and left. Yes. Yes. So, the caretaker was like, my boat's not missing. Nothing's missing. Like, I don't know how somebody could have got on the island. Clement was smart. Seems like the killer's the only smart one in this whole fucking thing. Of course. Um, And then you notice that Charlie's missing a shoe. You didn't really see him take the first girl's shoe. All you saw is the guy had a tennis shoe.
1: Yeah. He had it afterwards
2: afterwards. And he put it away with all the other shoes. This time, Charlie's shoe was gone. She had one shoe on one shoe off. And you're like, Oh, that motherfucker. So it pretty much is like, Oh, this guy's got an MO. Like now we know we're connecting them all. They all are connected through being pinup girls or poster girls. He says, and the character is like, who would have done this? This is brutal. Like these are five people that are dead within hours. Cut to the next scene. So what did you think about this one?
1: Well, my first thought was... Charlie could fucking scream. Mm-hmm. That bitch could... Had a set of lungs. Let me Imagine tell you. Imagine her
2: in bed. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting...
1: I'm getting... A- <laughs> 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 Poor
2: Sean. I give him those questions and he's like... I don't understand.
1: <laughs> no, that... Uh, she...
2: she got a set of pipes on her. Yeah,
1: like... Her screaming towards the end of this is like... Like Jamie Lee level of screaming.
2: Terror. I have only heard, I have heard that type of scream three times in my life. Like in person. I was doing manhunt when I was a kid one time. And I forget where we were, but it was in the woods. I must've been like eight or nine years old. And one of the girls in the neighborhood tripped on a rock and fell and hit her face on another rock and smashed like her jawbone or something. And the scream that came out of her was fucking deafening. The second time I heard it was me. So back in 2002, there was a huge snowstorm coming. So my father said um, to me and my brother Ian, I need you guys to really, I'm telling a story my he told my myself and my brother ian to go outside and gather the firewood because we're gonna need it in case we lose power because we had a, a fireplace in the basement like, all right we're gonna do that my brother being like when 2002 he was like maybe 10 like 9 10 years old he, he's a kid he doesn't want to lug firewood up the steps uh, t- to the basement like it's stupid So he was playing with rocks, and my brother knocked a rock onto the bottom step of the stairs. This rock was no bigger than a bottle cap. And I stepped on it the wrong way with my bad foot that I've had surgery on, and my foot went from this to this. It was literally the bottom of my foot was facing up. And the scream I made, my father yelled at me for making that scream. Because he says, if I only want to hear that scream, if you're dying and the pain I felt and the absolute shock of seeing my foot was, I made myself (laughs) deaf in my ears from that scream. And I always said to myself, I will never make that scream again unless I need to. I never thought that could come out of a fucking 16 year old girl. Just like, (laughs) like it was terrifying. Third time I heard that type of scream was at, um the funeral last year of our friend when his wife came in
1: yeah but even that That, was but
2: that was a grief scream that was that was was the scream where you're if you hear a scream in pain or terror you're like oh god a grief scream is it you lose all your breath and you're like i never want to fucking hear that i will take horror thriller anything that's That, that scream, never again. Don't ever make that noise again. Yeah. But those are the types of screams, like, this girl could have done that scream. Like, that was what it was. I was like, dear God, why was she not casting more Scream Queen shit? Holy crap. <laughs> what did you feel this one was?
1: My thoughts on this one were, it was like a cross between, like, an Agatha Christie and then there were none. Okay. And a like a black christmas
2: okay i didn't think of black christmas
1: most of it based on like so you had the characters isolated on an island yeah getting picked off one by one
2: that's where i was thinking i don't i still know what you did last summer
1: yeah that's similar premise and uh black christmas based on like the setting and like the, especially there was the scene where he, he went into the, the bitchy lady's room and he like was like uncovering her while she slept and oh yeah like, oh it it's just not felt you I'm gonna
2: cover you back up I was like oh my god that is violation at it's worst Yeah. so we were kind of on the same wavelength just different films yes Black Christmas I wouldn't have thought of that one that is a good one yeah Alright, the third story, we're introduced to Miss July or Miss Vera Porter. Now, Vera seems like the most level head of them all. She is a stewardess for what I believe is Southwestern Airlines. Um, holy crap, the outfits they had to wear. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Fucking sexist is hell. Um, she arrives back in town she goes back to her apartment which looks like it was a motel at one point but it's an apartment building and she has two dozen yellow roses that Clement requested to send to her because he got her address So when she gets there, she's like, "Oh, uh, Patsy, who's her friend? Like, did you put the flowers in my room?" Like, yeah, they were delivered to you. Was there any card? No, no card. Just delivered to you. She's like, "Uh, okay." She gets in, phone's rings. Of course, it's Clement going. They're beautiful, aren't they? And she's like, "Who's this?" And he's like, "I just want to help you. You're filth." And she's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." She hangs up the phone. She's like, "I'm done with this." Um, there's a party at the apartments looks like and Vera gives Patsy the flowers so the flowers are in Patsy's apart, part of the apartment so Patsy leaves the party to go get ice she goes to her apartment you know doing her thing she spills stuff on her top and immediately has to take it off take off her whole top and blot it even though it was a clear liquid it was a clear liquid she had to take her top off of course oh boy haven't um, you learned anything yet? I, I've learned something <laughs> People are dumb. Um,
1: this is sexploitation. Titties are the currency of the realm.
2: Next, I want some J's in this. I'm very disappointed. I saw bomb. No J.
1: Oh, God. No vajayjay.
2: I want. I want vajayjay next time. You want you
1: want J. Go watch porn.
2: I can look in a mirror. <laughs> Porn's not fun. There's no story. It's like, It's like, oh, I'm here to repair your dishwasher. Like, I'm the dishwasher. And then there's pounding. And it's just not fun. I need depth of story.
1: I <laughs> need that high class. I
2: need high class, boy. <laughs> this is the type of person I am. I have an autobiography in my possession. Or a biography. I don't know what it is. It's Jenna Jameson's How to Make Love Like a Porn Star. I bought it in my 20s. I loved it. I have followed Jenna Jameson. Ever since. Like, in the later years, she's kind of, like, found religion and gotten a little woo But, like, when she was a porn star, I have watched all of her porns. All of them. Oh, Jesus. Even the epic pirate porn, which one day I'm making you watch just on sheer principle because you like pirates. Oh. Yep, I'm going to make you watch it. It's so fucking crazy. I don't
1: want to. Oh, come
2: on step into my web
1: no No. my web is messy enough
2: (laughs) my web is messy and I should clean it up (laughs) um where did I leave off? So Patsy goes into her apartment, cleans off her shirt, goes to get ice and Clement kills her, just slashes her neck. No questions asked. So the cop, the prosecutor or the detective is there and he's like, he meant to kill you. Explains to her, like, this is not the first one. There have been tons of these centerfold girls. You need to leave town. You know, you're not safe here. We're going to do what we can call me. If there's any trouble, please. So she says, okay. And her friend's like, where are you going? She's like, I got to get away for a few days. I just can't do this. Well, what if somebody needs you? She's like, only in a dire emergency. She gives her the address, tells her that's where she's going to be. Like a day later, you know. Patsy gets a call from Clement and says, "Oh, uh, I need to talk to Vera." Well, she's out of town. Well, where is she? Well, she's out of town. I can't tell you. Well, this is her doc, her mother's doctor. She's very sick. I need to get a hold of her. Oh, okay. This is where she is. She hangs up the phone. Patsy tries to get a hold of Vera to tell her, "Hey, you know, so and so called," but she's like, "Oh, that's fine." The next morning, Vera comes into the place she's staying, and there is a two dozen yellow roses and a phone call. And she's like, how, how did this guy find me? Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, do you think you'd get away? You Like, she's fucking terrified at this point. She tries to call Patsy, who is not in her room. She's like, how did he find me? Did you say anything? Like, she doesn't answer the phone. So at this point, she literally grabs all of her shit out of her hotel she's staying and gets in her car and drives away. Clement is literally like 10 steps behind her the whole time. Is thwarted by the 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 maid service in the in the in the motel and then is thwarted by traffic and she gets like a couple miles away i think it is and her tire explodes mind you tires in the 1970s when they exploded man they fucking exploded she like almost crashed (laughs) jesus what were they made of um so she pulls over to the side of the road and these two sailors pull over and is like, oh, are you okay? Is everything all right? She's like, yeah, my tire exploded. I I, I got to, you know, I got to get to town to get a tow truck, get it fixed. I'm like, oh, well, we're, we're only headed to the base. in only a couple of miles. We can help you. Red flag number one. <sighs> I hated this sequence. I hated this whole thing. So she gets in the car with them and they start driving. Then they pull over And they drink vodka straight and she's like, okay, guys, knock it off. Like, you're going to be too drunk to get back to base to get on. Like, what are you doing? Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. So they drive her to like a rest stop where they get food and drink and they're drinking Colt 45 from these weird little bottles, which you had mentioned. They're like, oh, they're drinking straight Colt 45.
1: Oh, because that's rough. That's like shit, garbage. I mean, there is still
2: Pabst Blue Ribbon in the world.
1: Cult 45 might be worse. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're still Gansett.
1: We're not gonna talk about Gansett. Hi, neighbor. Anyway.
2: Anyway. So they get there and she's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna go use the bathroom," or she's gonna go do something. And they pull out the rehypnal. They put date rape drug in her Colt 45. Bad enough you're drinking Cult 45, and now you're putting Rehypnol in it. Goddamn. So the next scene is she's absolutely, like... Gone. Gone. She's trying to understand what's happening. Her vision's blurry. They are, like, all over her. She's kind of like, oh, is this what I want? Okay, all right, whatever. They get a hotel motel room, and they both proceed to rape her. We do not see any of this. No. So this is why I say it's a lighthearted sexploitation, because if this was a hardcore one, we would see it.
1: You'd probably see it.
2: Yeah. Um... Clement is staying in the room next door and hears everything. So the next morning, the sailors are gone. They've taken off. She's alone in the bed. And Clement gets the guy who runs the place. And Clement's like, They're long gone. I heard everything. I'm so sorry. And the guy was like, Well, let's get you cleaned up. Let's get, he's like, Let me bring you home. I'm so sorry. So Clement takes her in his car and he's like, all right, let me, I'm going home to my wife, you know, warm there, we'll get you a tow truck, no problem. So they stop at a rest stop and he goes inside and he's like, oh, I'm, I've got something I need to find. So he goes in and he buys a knife, which there was a huge ass fucking like six inch blade in a thing, just sitting on a, on a shelf. And you were like, ah, oh, the seventies.
1: Yeah, like it's not behind glass or anything. It's just literally on a shelf next to some like j- child's toys or some shit. It's sitting <laughs> like, there for little
2: Johnny or Timmy to go. Oh, a knife! Like,
1: oh, uh, it was hilarious. Oh my
2: god! So he gets it, brings it out to the car. Um, but before that, she comes back from calling the tow company, and she's sitting there, kind of like, oh, okay, all right. She looks in his back seat and she's like, oh, hey, I know that magazine. She's going through it. And she turns to the Center for Old Girls. January's cut out. March is cut out. May's gone. And then her address is on her photo with it circled several times. And she realizes who she's in the car with. And she's like, fuck. (laughs) She tries to get out. Uh, or no, she she looks visibly shaken and he gets in the car. He's like, oh, I wasn't able to find what I wanted, but I found this. Look at this beauty. This is great, right? He's like, why do you look shaken? What's wrong with you? Are you okay? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just, oh, it's a lot. And he turns around and sees that her page is open. Instantly grabs a knife, says, if you fucking scream, I'll th- slit your throat. And at this point, all the life has left this girl's eyes. But at one point when they, when she, he's like, now slide close to me because, you know, it was one of those no center console kind of like, what they call them, bench seats?
1: Bench seats, yeah. Oh
2: my God. I remember owning a car with a bench seat. And no seatbelts <laughs> Let me tell you <laughs> The way I used to drive when I was in my 20s It was a ride uh, I don't drive like that anymore <laughs> Our friend Andy does and I will kill him If I ever drive with him again <laughs> But um, He's driving Somewhere I don't know and they end up in what looks like a burnt fe- A field of yeah, burnt trees he, he,
1: he takes her kind of like Off somewhere the main desolate, road like Out into desolate. the middle of nowhere
2: and Mm -hmm. he gets out and he's enjoying the chase she gets out he's like okay let's play a little cat mouse this is fine um but the mouse is smart she grabs a weapon she tries to go after him then she grabs a rock and gets right at his glasses so he can't fucking see he's kind of at this point with a handicap like oh shit blinded she gets back to the car, notices the knife is there because he took his straight blade out. Yeah. So now she has a big ass knife and she fucking loses it. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to kill you. And stabs him in the front and the back. And as he's dying, all he says is, I just wanted to help you. And that's it. That's where it ends. Ugh. I just wanted to help you. Help me with what? He
1: just wanted to cleanse her.
2: Oh, don't worry, I am a cleansed human being, trust me, in my dirt and smut, thank you very much. And I thought it was really cool that it was in a very dirty field. She and he were both covered in dirt, so they both looked unclean at that point. Exactly. And I was like, ooh, ooh, the the symbolism, the cinematography. (laughs) Cinematography, right? Is that the...
1: For that? That shot. Oh, the shot, yeah. Composition.
2: I just throw out buzzwords? The framing, the lighting. lighting.
1: Composition would be right.
2: Composition, yeah. I mean, it was fucking cool. <sighs> so what did you think that one?
1: So that one, to me, the early moments of it felt very when a stranger calls. Okay. Like, the whole same thing with, like, Scream. Like, the yeah, yep. killer on the phone thing. But by the end, it veered more towards like a nice spit on your grave like yeah. murder revenge or rape revenge kind of thing.
2: I felt like all of the women he killed were channeling through Vera yeah. like no I'm going to kill you for them. Yes. Like at the end she was staring at her hands like what do I do? But at that point he had killed so many fucking people the evidence is in his car like she's fine. Yeah. All they have to do is go back to his home and find the shoes and the photo everything.
1: Which they would.
2: They would, they would, they would, they would be be like this is self-defense but you can see in her mind she's like I just killed someone yeah in self defense protecting myself and basically what the cover is like you know protecting her smut sisters at this point if she kills him he's not gonna get another girl yes which is good I I have to say I really did like this film more than I thought I would going into it I'm like oh it's gonna be like sexploitation and whatever It's fine I'm not a prude. I enjoy naked people, it's fine, whatever, you know, little sex, little little questionable material, it's perfect. This was great. I, I really did like, I liked this a lot more than the last film. Okay. Um. I like this, I, meaning I like this more than I liked Sex and Fury.
1: Oh, okay. And
2: I saw Sex and Fury in a different aspect of my life, which now that I've had like a year to kind of sit on that film, it was an appropriate film to get into in my 20s. In my 30s, I'm like, mm, okay.
1: I think it's fun for what it, it,
2: it is. It is fun, and it's it's a nice, if you want to see, like, a Grindhouse film that you're being like, oh, okay, this is Grindhouse. We have several films, like, I'd hand Suspiria to someone, The Beyond. Um, another Grindhouse film I'd probably hand people, another uh, Grindhouse film I'd probably hand to people is Death Wish. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, this one would take the top. Like, if you really want to get into what Grindhouse is, here you go. Like, what people think when they think Grindhouse, that grungy, grimy, this is it. This is perfect.
1: Yeah. This one is, this one was really good. Like, I, I like this one a lot. Like, I think it, it fell somewhere close to, um, like, in the same area as, uh, as Soon the Darkness. For me. Yeah. That one's a little more traditional, just as it's a really good film. Mm. This one, it's a really good grindhouse movie. Really good, yeah. This one was really cool. Are you ready to get into closing questions?
2: Absolutely. I think I've talked so much I've given myself a headache (laughs) at this point. (laughs) I have just drank so much water. (sighs) I have to pee.
1: Did you have any favorites?
2: (laughs) Must log back into my phone. My, I had a bunch of favorite lines. Where'd you get that big Cadillac when Clement calls Jackie? Uh, let's see.
1: At first, I thought that one was a euphemism.
2: I really did, too.
1: Until you see her car, and I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> um, one of my comments was, this movie slap happy. Apparently, we just slap women when they're freaking out.
1: So, I actually made a note on that one, too. Because that happens... In the at the end of the second segment after the guy falls down the stairs. Yeah. um, Because it's not a slap. Like, he literally goes in to, like, put his hand on her face, but they put in a slap sound yeah. effect. For no fucking reason. Like, he
2: goes to <laughs> gently touch her, and it goes... I was like... Will we just slap We're happy? Why? Oh, we abuse our women in this movie. <laughs> um, the last one. I... I died at this light. You and I both looked at each other like, what the fuck? It was when Melissa goes, Sandy had an accident. She's dead. Let's keep going. A woman just died and you want them to get naked and look sultry?
1: Doesn't matter. <laughs> fuck it.
2: The sex industry in this film is portrayed as the grossest, sleaziest thing. And it's not because you're naked.
1: No. No.
2: What about you? You got any favorites?
1: Um, I think my favorite moment in the whole film was the death of our first protagonist. That, that like...
2: Right against the window?
1: whole and the blood <sighs> hits the window. It was... Ooh, it, it was, was obviously so not
2: real blood because it was too clear. It looked like somebody, like, mixed jelly together Don't and just flipped it. And I was it, just like,
0: oh, God, it's so pretty.
1: It looked awesome. I was like, just the way it was edited and shot, like, it was perfect.
2: It makes me want to, once we have our own home, if we have windows like that for Halloween, figure out a way to do that on the windows so it looks like a murder scene. <laughs> so when kids come up go, trigger tree and I'm just like neck slashed open on the ground take one piece only just just to be funny just to freak out kids I love Halloween but I will say this and I'm gonna get yelled at traumatizing children is a right you get on Halloween when you give them candy like being the scarecrow there like take one piece you grab the kid's hand <laughs> or like going out from behind the bushes I love hearing children scream on Halloween I love it it's like, it's like tears. Just give it to me. It fuels me. I love the screens. Am, am I sadistic?
0: Only a little. Only a
2: little.
1: <laughs> Do you feel you would have done this one any differently?
2: No. Nope. I don't think I could have. I think I would have added a little bit more of an artistic element to the nudity. To, like, like for some girls, like, hide it sheepishly and make it peekaboo kind of thing. Because I enjoy that. I like the mystery. Like, these girls were just, like, tots. You know, like, here are my my tits. I would have played with it. I would have, for a film called The Centerfold Girls, the way these girls are photographed... Are we done, body? Uh, The way these girls are photographed, I would have done a little more, like, sultry kind of peekaboo mystery. But other than that, it's it's a good film. It's a great film.
1: I agree. And... Do we're, we need
2: to answer this one? We're
1: skipping over our last question. Sexploitation! This is full on sexploitation, exploitation. God damn We're
2: we 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 <laughs> we still not doing the horn.
1: So, on that note, do you have anything else you would like to say about the Centerfold Girls?
2: Uh, I'm really glad about this one. I'm happy. I am really excited to put this in the sexploitation catalog, and I think this is number three or four for that genre.
1: Yes, it's going to make a good addition to our collection.
2: The archive, which now we have put books away so we can put more tapes and films in the archive.
1: It's ever growing, ever expanding.
2: If you weigh this apartment, all the weight would be on this side with all the (laughs) fucking movies.
1: (laughs) Alright, so that's going to bring our discussion on the centerfold girls to an end, but don't go anywhere just yet. Please stay tuned for the coming attractions.
2: Can you read this? What is it? Just a dream,
0: I guess. I'll give it a look. Thanks. I've got to go. Benjamin Dobbs has opened a door into his mind.
1: Has anything even remotely like your dream ever happened to you in real life? No, absolutely nothing. The dream, is it always the same? they are like a
0: chain hooking on to each other. I don't want to know where it's going to end. And unleashed a horror. all those who know what he dreams. to dream anymore. Beyond Dream's Door. We have things
1: to do before we go to sleep. Are going to check out Beyond Dream's Door, which uh, is a movie I have not seen. I picked it up a while back on a whim. I found it, I forget where, but I have the the awesome VHS and it's supposed to be a somewhat Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. From
0: 1989.
1: So I'm pretty excited to to see what it's all about. From the little I've read about it. I haven't read what it's about, but I've read, like, what people have said Mm. about it. And a lot of people just say it's, like, one of... It's just, like, a great little supernatural, like, psychological horror.
2: It looks kind of almost, like, Hellraiser-esque from the photos.
1: Yeah, like, so this VHS doesn't have a lot of information. You get that photo from the front.
2: That is very different from the photos that are online. And
1: this one tiny picture on the back... Like so, I have no idea what to expect from it. Like, I'm pretty excited.
2: That's the photo on Shutter.
1: That's from the Blu-ray release that they did.
2: That's the other one on Shutter.
1: No, oh, I've never seen that before. That
2: one, like, what? I'm
1: pretty excited. I think it, it, it might be right up both of our alleys.
2: Okay, I'm excited.
1: I'm personally a, like a huge cosmic horror fan. Oh yeah, and I'm very excited to see what kind of influences bleed into this one um just based on what i'm seeing here it could be pretty interesting
2: now here's my question shutter or tape
1: that's a good question we could either watch it in really good quality or vhs quality.
2: i think we should watch it in good quality We can. Yeah.
1: We'll decide. We'll figure it out. We'll
2: figure it out for next week.
1: But that's going to bring this episode to an end. If you want to keep up on everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. You can find us on Discord where you can chat with Leah about this week's film or any of the films that we previously covered. Or you can suggest us some movies. Maybe give us an idea of what you'd like to listen to us talk about all the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes listen to us first thing every monday morning and give us a rating on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you get your morning fix if you like what we're doing and you want to support this show you can subscribe to us over on patreon or directly through acast where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening or unlock some fun exclusive bonus content that we will eventually find time to put more of up there yes uh, we've only done a couple so far because life sucks <laughs> so eventually we'll get some more up there
2: life sucks then you make a podcast <laughs>
1: yeah until next week i'm sean and i'm leah thanks for listening and keep watching Woo.